Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and with difficult grazing conditions at the moment, I'm joined by Chagas future beef advisor, Gabriel Trayers, to discuss how to achieve the targets this spring, getting out grass and the various scenarios across the country. Gabriel, you're very welcome. Difficult grazing conditions around the country in the past week. That's right, Catherine. After a really good February and a really dry February, a lot of farmers across the programme uh, got out to grass grazing early. Um, good dry ground conditions, good soil temperatures of average and over 8 degrees. Uh, but that has turned on its head really in the last week with the heavy snowfalls last week and now with a lot of heavy rainfall. So that has presented different challenges to the farmers that have kind of got, got cattle out early. I suppose there are really two main categories of farmers, those that got out early that you mentioned and those that are yet to start grazing. For farmers that got out in February and have had to rehouse stock in the past week, what percentage of the farm should they have grazed by now? The the target as we head into Patrick's weekend is 60% of the farm. And looking across the uh, farmers of the programme that use the spring rotation planner, uh, they would have achieved that at this stage. So the spring rotation planner really is a simple tool that uh, tells the farmer what he has to graze per day or even per week in order to reach that 60%. So a farmer with 100 acres, ideally 60 acres will be grazed by Patrick's weekend. And there is, of course, flexibility with that. I suppose, going back to your point, Catherine, uh, getting out to, to grass in February and making most of the dry conditions, those people that did have saved an awful lot of silage um, that might have to be used now. Um, silage is very expensive. Um, a commodity or very expensive input on farms. So they the have done that. Uh, and also they've set up the grazing platform for the rest of the season by grazing good quality grass, grazing that bush of grass that was there for the winter off and now setting up the farm for, for the grazing season. So um, the weather is what it is. It dictates an awful lot on farms. Um, we cannot poach ground. So if they had to rehouse stock and a lot of farmers had to rehouse stock because of the bad weather, they still have a lot of positive by outgrazing early. And what advice have you for them to get back in achieving the rest of the targets? They keep an eye on the weather. Uh, at this time of year, I know it's, it's making a lot of rain in the last couple of days, but at this time of year, uh, ground dries up very quickly. Um, so walk your farms on a regular or every second day. Uh, and then if there's a dry spell, to get back out again as soon as possible and try and reach those targets, Catherine. And some of the farmers will have grazed the silage ground. What would be the next steps that they should take on the silage ground? Most importantly is to get slurry out, um, get that, that grass growing. Um, uh, silage crop demands a lot of in P and K. So uh, my advice would be to get out with 3,000 gallons of slurry per acre. That will supply the sufficient uh, P's and K's to grow the, the fertilizer, that grows the silage crop. Uh, 3,000 gallons an acre using low emission slurry spreading will give you roughly 18 to 20 units per acre of nitrogen. It'll give you 15 units of P and 90 units of K. So as I said, that will give it enough P's and K's to grow the crop and top it up then with um, 80 units of protected urea of nitrogen uh, as we head into the first week of April. So I suppose the advice in the next couple of days, once it dries up, is to get your slurry out uh, at 3,000 gallons per acre on that. Wait a week and go out with your fertilizer then. The target is to try and, and get silage cut towards the middle uh, or the third week in May. Uh, we all need good quality silage um, to increase animal performance over the winter without the reliance on meal. And I suppose, Gabriel, for farmers that have yet to get stock out, what advice have you for them? Get out as soon as possible, Catherine. Um, as soon as ground conditions allow, every farm has a dry a dry section of, of uh, most farms have a dry section of ground. Walk it, 
see as soon as it dries up, get out your priority stock, whether it's Wheelands or lighter stock first. Uh, they won't do a whole pile of damage if it dries up. Um, like the grass growth is picking up really fast. Um, we have grass growth predictions of 50 to 20 kilograms of dry matter per hectare and then it coming over the weekend. It's mild, even though it's wet. So the danger is that grass will get very strong if we wait too, if we wait too long um, eh, as we go into April, uh, March, April. So uh, get out grazing as soon as the ground conditions allow. At this stage, what targets should those farmers be even for? Uh, if they haven't started grazing, it, they probably will not get to graze their silage ground. You know, you're going to maybe have to skip your silage ground uh, at this stage. So get onto your grazing platform and get those uh, graze, get, get grazing on your gra- on your main grazing block um, just to speed up the rotations um, uh, on those lowly stock farms that haven't got out to grass. Yeah, it is unlikely that they will get that silage ground grazed. What implications will that have? Well, it might mean that if there's heavy covers of 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 grass on those silage ground, unless you have a, a low trajectory slurry system, getting slurry out on those covers of grass uh, could be a challenge. So I suppose the advice is to try and close that ground, maybe get try and get some slurry on using low emission slurry spreading. That might might uh, avoid with we'll uh, slurry contamination on the grass. Um, close it up um, and, and get a cut earlier in in May maybe than you possibly would have. And it'll be the same recommendation of fertiliser that you mentioned earlier for closing up this silage ground now. Absolutely, yeah. Well, like without slurry, you're going to have to come in with that 15 units of P and that 90 units of K in the chemical form. So you're talking maybe three to three and a half bags, maybe of uh, 13, 6, 20. And that's adding a huge cost onto fertilising the silage crop. So if you get slurry on, obviously you won't have to do that. So it's 3,000 gallons of slurry and your bag and a half of your protected urea. And mixed beef and sheep farm systems, they're differing at this time of year, particularly from a grazing point of view. Yos and lambs are probably priority stock this month. What issue does this cause or advantage and disadvantages for those farmers? As you said, though, yos and lambs are priority stock, so they probably have been out grazing uh, uh, first. So a lot of farms um, might be left in with leaving cattle inside. And I suppose our advice there is, as we head into the end of March, uh, is to get fertiliser out in those farms, get the farm growing grass so that all stock can get out. So get out with 20 units of protected urea per acre to get the farm to grow grass. And in relation to the Future Beef Programme farmers, how has their progress been? How are they getting on at the moment? Yeah, they're they're really focused on grass. Um, they know it's the cheapest feed that, that, that can be produced on farm. Um, I'm just thinking of, of, of one farm in particular, Livy Hines, has put a lot of in, uh, infrastructure in place in the last uh, year and into this year. She's applied for TAMS to divide up large fields into smaller uh, fields that can be, uh, the, the grazing can be controlled. Um, so they're really focused on improving their infrastructure um, and also focused on addressing uh, soil fertility, um, having the P's and K's right, uh, getting them up to uh, index three and and that is expensive but the rewards are, are great in that you get a better response to your fertilizer as you apply it so really addressing the p's and k's uh, getting some lime out as well uh, correcting the ph and improving the infrastructure on farms is really really important uh, i suppose as well catherine they're all as part of the program measuring on pasture base and this, that allows them gives them information on a weekly basis uh, and how they're going to control grass grass is the hardest thing to control on farms uh, particularly as we get into April, May, when grass growth really picks up, we can go. F- Sometimes I've seen in the past where farmers have a scarcity of grass and within a week they can have a surplus grass. So it allows them to take control and make decisions 
ahead of of uh, um, by using grass growth to predict a grass growth measure uh, as well. Gabriel, you mentioned there the importance of spreading lime, and a lot of questions coming in at the moment on that. What are the pros and cons to applying lime now? Yeah, and as well, lime is, is the first step in addressing soil fertility, Catherine, and getting lime out is very, very important. Um, lime on grazing ground can really be can be applied at any time during the year. It's late at this stage to be applying lime to silage ground because the fear is that that will come back in the silage crop. So my advice there is not to lime silage ground, but uh, it is okay to lime grazing ground. Um, lime pays for itself. It costs 28 to 30 euros per acre. It'll release two bags of nitrogen for free. So it will pay for itself. It's a good thing to do. That's great, Gabriel. Thanks very much. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Gabriel for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.